How many's ready for the word of the Lord? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let me tell you, the word of God will change you. The word of God will help you. The word of God will make you better. The word of God will inspire you. The word of God will set you on fire. And I believe tonight, I believe tonight we have a man of God with us, a man that I, I, I was able, I was privileged to meet just a, a few a few weeks ago. He showed up to our church, and I immediately fell in love with his spirit. You can tell he is a student of the Word. You can tell that he loves young people. You can tell that he loves the church. And I know he has a word for us. Evangelist Brent Vinson, would you put your hands together for this man of God and the Lord as they come and minister to us tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of you are thankful to be here tonight? Hallelujah. Wonderful worship. I believe the presence of the Lord is in this place. I believe the Lord has... Uh, he has a plan for tonight. He has something in store. And I know a lot of times we go to church and everybody says that behind the pulpit. Uh, but as I've been in prayer for this service, uh, I've specifically prayed for this district, for this youth group that's here tonight. God knew who was going to be here and who was not going to be here. Your destiny has met him tonight right where you're sitting. And you're going to leave this place different if you'll open up. If you will open up and give him a moment to change some things. I promise you, you will not be disappointed in what God can do for you. I give honor to all the pastors, the leadership that's here. Uh, got to preach behind this immaculate pulpit uh, a couple of Sundays ago. And give honor to Pastor V uh, for allowing us to be here tonight. Um, I want to give honor to uh, Pastor Mark Bishop and the Victory Church for allowing me and my family uh, to park at their church for the past month and give me and my family a place to live, a place to hook up. Um, they've been such a blessing to us where we've been parked. Uh, if we could, give, give a round of applause for them. Love you, Brother Mark. I, uh, I want to give honor to, uh, to my mom. Actually, my mom and my niece drove down from Tennessee uh, and they're here with us tonight. And uh, she told me, she said, I feel like I had to get lost to find where we were at. I'm like, yeah, that's about how it goes. And I love my wife, my two beautiful girls. Uh, God has blessed me. And I, I want to thank this district. Me and my family are brand new to the assemblies. We're brand new to this thing. And we feel like part of the family. We really feel like part of the family. Hallelujah. Now we're done with all the preliminaries. I, I, I know they said, I read online today there was an afterburner. There's going to be food. So I know I'm the only thing standing between you and food. But even worse than that, I'm standing between me and food. So we're going to get into the Word of God. Uh, if you've got your Bibles tonight, we're going to be in the book of 2 Kings. The book of 2 Kings. We're going to be in chapter number 16. 
give honor to Pastor Corey Porterfield for asking me and inviting me to this. Um, you guys, this district is blessed. I'm just going to tell y'all. <laughs> These pastors that we've been privileged to meet and y'all's churches, a lot of you, a lot of you, I've seen you, I know you, may not know your name, but I recognize you. And your churches have blessed us, and you guys are blessed to be where you're at. You're blessed to be where you're at. Second Kings chapter 16, going to begin reading in verse number 10. The Bible tells us that King Ahaz went to Damascus to meet Tiglath-Pelesar, king of Assyria, and saw an altar that was at Damascus. And King Ahaz sent to Uriah the priest the fashion of the altar and the pattern of it, according to all the workmanship thereof. And Uriah the priest built an altar according to all that King Ahaz had sent from Damascus. So Uriah the priest made it against King Ahaz, came from Damascus. And when the king was come from Damascus, the king saw the altar. And the king approached to the altar and offered thereon. And he burnt his burnt offering and his meat offering and poured his drink offering and sprinkled the blood of his peace offerings upon the altar. And the last verse here, he brought also the brazen altar which was before the Lord from the forefront of the house, from between the altar and the house of the Lord and put it on the north side of the altar. I have prayed for these past two weeks since I've known that I would be preaching this. I, I did not come to impress anyone tonight. I have a burden. I have a burden for this district. I have a burden for you young people. And I want to deliver my heart tonight. Is that all right? I want to preach replacing an active altar. Replacing an active altar. If you've got your Bibles in your hand or you've got your phone, let's put those down and let's pray one more time. Can y'all press into the Holy Ghost one more time for me? Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, we're so thankful, God. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would pour out your Spirit in this place. Lord, let there be demonstration, God. Let there be signs. Let there be wonders. Lord, in the name of Jesus, stir our hearts tonight, God. Lord, in this day, this hour that we're in, Lord Jesus, I pray that the anointing would fill this place. In the name of Jesus, remove every agenda, God. Remove every plan that we had on making the service what we wanted it to be. And take over right now in the name of Jesus. Take over in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Worship Him a little bit more. It's all right. That's what we came here for. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Y'all can be seated. Hallelujah. I don't want y'all to stand too much. If I can, my, my helpers that I, I got, if y'all want to get the, uh, the things that I brought, I brought some, some props, some tools with me. My, uh, my mom, uh, besides her coming down to see her good-looking son preach tonight, uh, she actually brought something with her from Tennessee um, that I'm personally attached to, something that I, I'm personally, I've been influenced by. And as they're bringing that out, I want to kind of build a foundation tonight where we're at in the book of Second Kings. Uh, King Ahaz 
has reached out to the king of Assyria for help. Jerusalem is under attack, and the king of Syria and the king of Israel are the ones, uh, the, the protagonists in the battle. They are the ones that are laying siege to Jerusalem, but the scriptures tell us in the beginning of chapter number 16 that regardless of the efforts to take the city, they continue to fail. They continue to fail. The battle continues to be on the losing side against the enemy. And Ahaz, even though the victory is still in his grasp, even though he still has the wall standing around him and he still has the high ground, he begins to look outside of the walls for help. He begins to look for help from enemy sources. He begins to look to help from those that are not of the Jewish nationality, those that are not in the house of Israel. And, and, and he reaches out to the king of Assyria, who is a much larger nation. And the scriptures tell us in verse number 7 of chapter 16 that Ahaz sent messengers to Tiglath-Pelesar, the king of Assyria, saying, I am thy servant and thy son. Come up and save me out of the hand of the king of Syria and out of the hand of the king of Israel which rise up against me and the scripture verse number 8 tells us that Ahaz begins to take silver and gold that he finds in the house of the Lord and in the treasures of the king's house and sends it for a present to the king of Assyria I'm gonna put it in part right there for just a minute and let you young people know the treasures that you find in the house of God have no business in the world the anointing that you are given in the house of God has no business being sold to the world. If you're an anointed preacher, you need to be in the house of God preaching the word. If you're an anointed singer, you don't need to be at a hoochie bar singing on Friday night and Saturday night. You need to be in the house of God singing praises to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. If you're a musician, you don't need to be playing the rock music. You don't need to be playing country music. You need to be playing something that glorifies God. That's the treasure he placed on you. I find it so many times right now in this generation, in my generation, in the millennial generation, how quickly we learn to be anointed in the church and we sell out to the world so fast. Because the church may not give us the position we want with that anointing. My Lord, I'm already feeling the lead balloons going... <laughs> The church may not give us the, the spotlight that we want with that anointing. We have to be humble when it comes to the anointing in the house of God. But we can have pride all we want to in the world. And we can build our own kingdom when we sell out to the world. And as Ahaz looks, he sees these enemies. He sees this other nation that apparently God is not going to give us victory. God is not going to be the one that delivers us from this enemy. So the only option I have is to turn to something outside of God, to turn to something that I feel would be more beneficial than God seems to be. He takes the treasures out of the house of God, and he takes it to this enemy. He takes it to this king of a heathen nation that worships idols, that, that celebrates an idolatry, and he takes these treasures. He hands them to this king. Verse number 9, the king of Assyria hearkened unto him. For the king of Assyria went up against Damascus, and he took it, and he carried the people of it captive to Kerr and slew Rezin. He'd already slew one of these kings here. And what troubles me with this, this story that I've read, 
is that when Ahaz goes into this city, he goes into the city of Damascus and he sees an altar. Knowing what he's got back home. Knowing that the temple of the Lord has always worked. Knowing that the house of the Lord, as long as the steps, the specific order of God in the temple was followed, that sins were forgiven. And that he, he showed mercy to the people. He showed grace to the people. He provided for his people. It always worked. It has always worked. But he goes into this territory of a heathen land. He goes into this territory of ungodly people. And he starts seeing a design of an altar that he likes, that pleases him. And so he sits down, and I can only imagine him sitting down at the steps near this altar, and he takes out a piece of paper. He begins to draw this altar, this design. He begins to draw out the shape, the, the dimensions. He's drawing out the, the depth, the height, the width. He's drawing the designs on, on each one of the sides of this altar. I'm not sure what this altar looked like. But I can only imagine for him to have been that impressed with it that it must have looked better than what was at home. It must have looked a whole lot more intriguing than what was at home. And in Ahaz's view, he's thinking this altar must be the reason that this nation is succeeding. This altar must be the reason why they are as large and as numerous as they are. Us back home serving the God of Israel, we're the minority compared to the majority here. We're, we're the minority compared to the, the armies of Assyria. So he goes and draws this design and he sends it back to his priest. He sends it back and, and he tells this priest, I want you to build this altar. If I can get my helpers over here that's going to help me. If y'all can, y'all can we get somebody to put these down here? I, I kind of want everything down here if I can. And I, I know you guys will be able to see here in just a little bit. That, you can leave that one right here. I'll, I'll, I'll use that one. Thank you, brother. Lord have mercy. This, this right here, this, this, this altar, I, I kind of want to talk about this. While these guys, I, I drew up a blueprint for them, actually, a little redneck blueprint. Y'all don't know about redneck down here, do you? There's no numbers. There's not any, any measurements. I didn't really put all the, the detail I, I feel like I probably should have for that, but I drew it out. I drew a pretty picture. I'm an artist, y'all. I'm telling you. It's going to sell one day for thousands of dollars. And as these guys are building this, as they're putting this altar together, I, 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 want, to, I want to talk about this altar right here. This was the very first altar I ever knelt in. I didn't, I didn't want to, I, I was going to ask another pastor in this district if I could just use one of their altars, but the Lord began to move on me that I needed this one. Because I've got tears that are soaked into the, the frame of this altar. I've got addictions that I laid down on this altar. I've got battles that I struggled with as a young person, as a teenager, as a preteen, that I got victory over in this altar right here. I, I've got family that I saw put blood, sweat, and tears into fighting the devil in their life and laying down on this altar, literally throwing their body on this altar with an expectation and a determination that they were going to get up and it was going to stay right here. I've seen oil poured out on this altar. I've seen miracles 
happen at this altar. This was the altar from, I, I believe, I, I'm thinking this is probably 50, 60 years old from my, my church that I grew up in when it was first built back in the 60s or the 50s. This was the altar that was placed in that church. It's got history. It's got, it's, it's, it's got something that radiates around it that still contains some glory on it. It's still got some leftover miracles hanging around it, y'all. I believe that. I believe that this altar right here, I could kneel down at it right now and I could begin to pray and the glory of God would fall. The Holy Ghost would fall because this altar has been tried. It's been tested. It's been proven. It's been shown to work. I've seen sinners come into this altar right here and their life be changed. I've seen unholiness become holy because of this altar. I know I'm spending time on this, but you're going to understand it here in a minute. I, I want to get you guys to understand something. When the devil can desensitize your altar experience, it can be replaced. When he can desensitize what you experience in the altar, then it's easy to replace your altar. You can easily look at the things that are presented out in the world and be able to find something you can invest yourself into that's much better than the altar. I want you guys to hear them making this because I, as I was praying, the Lord told me that you needed to hear the work being put into this. It's amazing today in today's generation, today's generation, how, how we replace the altar in our life. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not talking about when you come into the house of God and, and, and you come up here because here, here's the thing about Ahaz. Ahaz lost his priority with the altar in the temple long before this battle was happening. When this battle arose, this was his excuse to replace it. But he lost his confidence in the altar long before this but he still showed up when he was supposed to be there as the king he still showed up at the temple when he was supposed to I, I hope y'all get where I'm going with this he still showed up and showed up in the altar and went through the motions of what was expected at the altar but he lost confidence a long time ago he lost his connection to the altar a long time ago he lost his determination in the altar a long time ago but he showed up and he did this He learned how to make the altar a great presentation. I actually saw, I told Brother Garnett when I was eating with him, I told him, I said, bro, you done stole my message. He preached about the altar here at Bethlehem this past Sunday morning. And my mama was already loading up the altar, getting it ready to bring down here. And I told him, I said, bro, you done stole my message. But I want you young people, I, as I was praying, I'm just going to go ahead and, 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 and submit this to you tonight. What the Lord began to show me in my prayer was that the Mississippi District Crusaders have been given access to dimensions in the altar that nobody else has. I'm not saying this just because I'm an evangelist. I'm saying it because I've been to your churches and I felt what's in your altar. I felt what's in your church. You've got some access to miracles in the altar that haven't even been achieved yet. You've got access in the altar to bring back whole families that you ain't even seen yet.
You've got access in the altars to have a revival like nobody else has had yet. And this is why I'm preaching this tonight. It's because the adversary knows the potential you've got in this district. He knows the ministries that are sitting on these pews right now. That all you've got to do is make one more trip to the altar. And he's going to pour out an anointing on you. He's afraid of who you're going to become. He's afraid of the revival in you. This altar down here looks good, y'all. Thank y'all so much. Professionals over here. I'm going to have to pay you guys after this. This right here is beautiful. It's, it's, it looks nice. It's, it's nice and edgy. It's relevant. It's modern. He began to think of of everything that could be accomplished with this new one that it seems like the old one has stopped doing for him. That what what, what if I I make sacrifices on this and, and I embrace this and I take this and I replace what was and I put in this new way, I put in this new thing, this, this new altar. Can I tell you right now, when you get lonely, you don't need to go to Netflix. You need to find an altar. When you get heartbroken, you don't need to go to ChristianMingle.com. You need to get in an altar. My Lord Jesus, when you feeling fancy, when you feeling a little bit uh, like you can dance a little bit, don't get on TikTok and do it. Get in the altar. Because this right here is, is, is faulty. This right here has not been proven. This right here does not show that it can deliver you, that it can heal you, it can put a miracle in you. But my God, when I find a place at the altar that's always worked, the altar that I have seen work. We replace, my God, we... We, 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 we get lost on things. We, we get to the point where, Lord, I, I'm struggling right now. I guess I'm just going to have to go get more money. No, get into an altar and pray to God. Find a place in the altar. Put your face down and begin to cry out to him. And his provision will be there. The, these altars are, are so impressive, it seems like. They, they're, they're so attractive. And, and we begin to, what, what Ahaz did was he took that altar he scooted it out of sight. He moved it out of the way. He put it off into the corner of the temple, off in the corner where, 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 where nobody would pay much attention to that because he, he, he has this feeling about this new altar. He feels like that even if God doesn't show up, it's still going to look good. Even if God doesn't make it into the temple, we can still make the temple look good. Even if God's not in the service, we can make the service look good. 
I'm hoping y'all catching the drift right now. Even when the Holy Ghost isn't present in the house of God, we can spike everything up around us that make it seem like it's good church. But I'm going to tell you right now, without the presence of God, we are nothing. Without the presence of an almighty God, I am nothing. We turn to ungodly relationships when we're sad. We get caught up in addictions when we're lonely, when we're bored. We start making altars out of things that we go to before we go to the altar. I'm going to tell you, you've got 168 hours from Sunday to Sunday. And relevant, I'm thinking probably about eight hours for you young people that you're actually in church. So you've got another 160 hours in that week to entertain another altar. Which altar are you entertaining tonight? That's, that, that's what I feel the Lord asking some of y'all right now. As I was standing over here, the worship was going. The presence of God began to stir. But all of a sudden, the Lord quickened me and said that there's some burdens on some young people right now that you need to get under the blood. My God. Because in order for the Lord to unleash the access to the altar in the Mississippi district, you're going to have to lay some things down. You're going to have to put some things on the altar. Stop going through the motions in the altar and pour yourself out in it. The altar is not a pretty place. The altar is not a pretty place. This is not the place to come if you want to be pretty, okay? Don't come into the altar expecting we're going to be pretty for Facebook. Expecting we're going to be pretty for the world. Because the altar needs to be a place where you get a little blood on you. My God. Where you get a little bit of muck on you. You get a little bit covered in that, la- that sacrifice you're making. You start laying down some things that hurt a little bit. My God. He pushes the altar out of the way, pushes it over in the corner. He brings this new altar in. And the Bible tells us that he begins to lay down sacrifices on it. And I don't, I don't know what altar it is that's being entertained tonight in your life. Maybe you're sitting here and you're as sincere as you can be. And my God, praise God for that. There's, there's some missionaries and some evangelists in this place right now that you need to hold on to that. You don't need to let that go. You don't ever need to, to substitute something for your altar experience. But what I want to tell you right now is that even when Ahaz put this into the place of where that altar was, that altar never stopped working. He may have moved it physically, but he didn't touch the anointing. He may have moved it out of its location, but location does not determine the anointing in you. Location does not determine the call on you. God, my God. I'm going to tell you, I, I had a dream about this. I've been in your cities since we've been down here. We've been here for a month. I've hung out in New Albany a lot. I think I've had jacks about 20 times. It's all right. It's good stuff. I need a pastor. My goodness. Still haven't had their breakfast yet. Man. But as I've pulled up to your churches and I've preached and I've seen the same vision in every one of y'all's churches, the Lord visited me in a dream. 
And I knew my mama was bringing this altar with her. There are individuals that you're coming in contact with, you're encountering every day that need to see an altar in your life. They don't need to see you having an altar experience just on Sundays and Wednesdays. When you walk out of the house of God, the altar does not stay here in the building. The anointing that is within you can present an altar wherever you're at. The Holy Ghost in you can present a sacrifice to God wherever you're at. But you got to be willing to pick it up and take it. It may be inconvenient for you. It may be the door that someone else needs to get to the altar. It may be the access that they've been looking for to be delivered from an addiction in their life. Don't forget about the time God delivered you from pornography and then point your fingers at somebody else that's struggling with it when you could have the altar and bring it to them and help them out. Don't forget about the time that God delivered you from smoking cigarettes and drinking alcohol and shooting up dope and go and look at somebody else and put them down when you could bring your altar and show them this is how I got delivered. I remember the first time I got in this altar. Actually, I'll tell you. (laughs) The first time I ever experienced this altar, my grandmother called me out in the middle of service and pulled me up off the pew and sat me down in front of everybody and said, this will teach you to straighten up. Do we do that anymore? Does anybody do that anymore? (laughs) It got quiet. Y'all like, "Mm -mm." (laughs) ain't nobody touching me. (laughs) I didn't have a choice. My grandmother, it was either sit on the altar or get the flipper. Just whoosh. We've replaced throughout these years. I feel like there's, there's been a, a desensitizing. And I, I'm, not, I'm not ridiculing anything. I'm talking about me personally, us personally, that we have become so, so, so quick to have altar moves and, and, and altar experiences. And, and I began to pray the other night as I was getting this together. And I, I just said, Lord, what's the significance? What, what is it that's so important? About us having an altar. Why is it the most crucial thing that we have right now in the apostolic church in 2021? Why, why are you showing me this for this district? Why? And where I found my answer was the very first altar ever made. In the book of Genesis, chapter number 8, we read about a man by the name of Noah. And everybody knows Noah for building the ark. Everybody knows Noah because he, he built the ark. That's the Sunday school story. That's what everybody knows Noah about. But as I began to read this in my eyes, for me, it might not be for you, but for me, the greatest accomplishment of Noah was not the ark. His greatest accomplishment was when he stepped off of the ark and God told him to go and to multiply and to be fruitful. And before he took a step in his direction of doing what he wanted to do, he decided to take of some of those animals off of the ark that he had, he had gotten close to, that he had gotten familiar with, that he had, he had been around for 40 days and for 40 nights. And he took those animals and he made an altar. And he began to sacrifice those animals on that altar. And he didn't even know what he was doing. 
There was no custom. There, there was no altar before this. All he did was he said, let's make something for God where we can thank him for what he did for me, where we can meet with him, my God. And all of a sudden, the Bible tells us that there was a sweet incense, that a sweet savor that was lifted up to the Lord. And he said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. You want to know why the altar is important in your life? It's not because it's impressive to you or it impresses anybody else, but because it can move the heart of God. And if we've ever needed to know what God's heart was and where his heartbeat was, it's 2021. It's right now in this day, in this generation. If I can get somebody back on the music, I'm, I'm coming to a close. Checking the time, we're good. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna dig in a little bit to what I said a minute ago because I feel the Lord leading to this. There are some doorways some access points. I, I've, I've read some history. I've read some history about this district. I've had other evangelists tell me this is, a, this is a legend. This district is a legend, not only to the assemblies of the Lord Jesus Christ, but to the apostolic movement in general. This is a legend area. And I said, Lord, what, what more can, can be accomplished if, 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 this, if, this, if this district has went down in history, if these, these young people are having to live up to the legends of what was, how in the world are they, what's going to happen? And I'm telling you with every fiber of my being right now that the Lord began to show me that there's some young ladies in this place. There's some young men in this place right now. That you may have been changed at an altar, but you did not get the full benefit of what God wanted to use you for that first trip. When you step into this altar and you throw your hands up and you worship, that, that, that's not God meeting you and, and moving on you. It's, it's when you get into this altar and you're determined, Lord, I'm not stepping foot out of this altar until I give a sweet incense unto you and I move your heart to speak to me and tell me and to anoint me and to... to Pour out your love on me. Y'all's churches are on fire. My God. Y'all's churches are on fire with revival right now. So, so on fire. And this is a large, this is a large country. It's a large country. Mississippi seems small, I guess, to some people. I don't, I don't see it. I feel like it's a big state. And for me, to, for me to tell you tonight that, that you, could, you could affect the whole United States, people are going to be like, oh, well, he's just trying to fluff us up. Am I really? Am I really just trying to fluff you up from telling you that you could find access to an active altar in your life where God could move in a way in this district that no other state in the United States, not because you want to be better, not because it's a competition, but because you are desperate for a move of God like you've never had before. Can I get the, my other prop in here? The adversary has floated 
all kinds of altars in my life to try to, to try to distract me. I thought suicide was the answer. So I stopped turning to this and I made a new altar. I thought pornography was the answer so I stopped coming to this and I just made a new altar. I thought gossiping was, was the way to go because apparently that's what, that's, what every, that's what all the cool kids are doing. They're talking about everybody else. They're talking about the other kids at the other church and it's just, that's what's fitting in. We, we, we come into the church and we worship shoulder to shoulder together but then when we leave, we stab each other in the back. So I, I, I just left this altar and I made me a new one. We show up at church and, and that, that's my night to play. That's my night to sing. That's my night to preach. And somebody else gets my spot. And so I become jealous and I become bitter about some things. And I stop coming to the altar that works and I start making my own altar. And little by little, little by little, this altar that holds so much importance to me. It's the altar that I, I, the first altar I cried on. It's the altar where I met Jesus for the first time. What I want you to understand is that this new altar that Ahaz made and that he placed in the temple, when he began to lay those sacrifices on there, there was no response from God. But it was when everything was in order and everything was done in the exact proper manner that it was supposed to be done. And there was a sacrifice presented on the correct altar that there was a response from God. That he met that priest at that altar and sins were forgiven. It was at that moment that God himself drew his attention to the temple. He drew his attention to his people. And it's only when the active altar is in its place in our life. Man, I, I'm, I'm depressed, so I'm going to go get me some antidepressants. Young people, you do not need antidepressants. I promise you, that is not going to solve your problem. You need an altar experience. You need to find a place where you can dig yourself down into the carpet and pray to God that he take it away from you. And not only is he going to take the depression, he's going to give you joy unspeakable and full of glory. Remain standing if you can. These altars that we've replaced, and I, I want you to imagine the altars that you have in your life that keep you from getting into the real altar, that keep you from taking the altar with you. Maybe it's you've got some perverted conversations you like getting in with your friends, and in order to do that, you have to leave the altar at home. You've got to leave the altar at church in order to be popular with some kids around you. You gotta leave the altar at home if you're gonna fit in with the popular kids, with, with those around you that are somebodies because you wanna feel like a somebody. But I'm telling you right now, when all this world crumbles in front of us, the only somebody that needs to know who you are is the one that's gonna respond at this altar. You don't have to struggle with that addiction anymore, young person. That secret thing that's hiding behind your eyes right now. That secret thing that because you go home to a broken home where mama and daddy aren't, aren't living right and they're not loving each other right. 
Maybe they're divorced. Maybe there's all kinds of trouble at home you're having to go to. And the only thing you could do was make an altar of your own design to hide your feelings and to hide your emotions. But that altar is not going to give you what you need. My God. Maybe you've messed up. I don't know where I'm. My God. Maybe you've messed up. You slipped up and you did something you weren't supposed to do. Congratulations. Join the club. But the last thing you need to do is cave in to your carnality and build an altar of your own design that God does not honor. I know it's, my goodness, March Madness. I went back and I watched some videos of previous March Madnesses. And man, you guys have had it lit. You guys have had outstanding. The way that this service was going at the beginning, I said, Lord, I feel like I'm supposed to get up here and I'm supposed to be dancing. I'm supposed to be just juking and jiving. But the Lord has confirmed to me over and over again, I refuse to leave this district without planting this seed that you're about to have something explode if you can get in the altar like you need to. Stop playing games with the altar. Stop acting like you have an altar and get an altar in your life. so pretty brother Brennan's it doesn't require as much it doesn't have as much standards that I have to follow it doesn't have as much requirements as as that other altar does it doesn't cost me as much to lean on this altar as it does the other one I've seen grandfather come to this altar I've seen my grandmother in this altar I've seen my backslidden brother in this altar I looked over yesterday in another service that we were at this past weekend and I saw my five year old in the altar And I started to realize that when I began, when I moved this out of my life, young people, when you move this, it don't just affect you. When you decide this is too hard to live for, when you decide you don't get to be who you want to be, you don't get to accomplish your acclamations and your goals in life because this is standing between you and that, I would, I would beg you to not choose the altar because it's the one thing that's going to hold you. It's the one thing that's going to catch you. It's the one thing that you can run to and God will meet you there. But I refuse, and this is me tonight. This is me saying this. And as I've been preaching this, I can see some with tears in their eyes, but I can also see some that you've built a wall up while I've been preaching. Because you've got a determination in you right now that you ain't going to come to this altar. you'll, You'll come up here and stand here because that's what's expected of you. But you've built this wall up to where you can't be vulnerable with God anymore. And you're the very one that he is spending time on to deliver you out of the problem you're in. You're the very one that he is stepping off of his throne to come and help you with. But Brother Brent decides tonight 
that my five-year-old and my one-year-old and the generation coming up under me is not going to see me sell out to this altar anymore. It's time that we get back to the active altar. It's time that we get back to the one that works, the one that God answers to, the one that He responds to. Lift your hands where you're at right now and receive this right now. Receive it in the name of Jesus. There you go. Somebody's already coming up to this altar. You feel it. You feel it. Come on. Find a place. I'm going to leave this one right here. If you want to come to this one, I promise you it works. My God. Mississippi is so on the edge, so close. My God. We've had good church. We've had great moves of God. But my Lord, you're about to shake the United States. Get a hold to the altar again. looking around you don't worry about what other people are praying about you need to find your altar right now you need to my lord how sad it is that when the church gives an altar call we know where to go but when god gives the altar call we have to remember where we left at last lord i can't remember where i left the altar somebody's receiving the holy ghost tonight my god That's it, that's it, that's it. There's a spot open at this altar. I see some tears. I see some tears on this altar right here. My God.
Press more than you ever have before. Go further than you've ever went before. Don't turn to Facebook, turn to the altar. My God, don't turn to Snapchat, turn to the altar. Don't turn to your bank account, turn to the altar. I didn't ask my mama to bring this altar down just for you guys to see it. I feel there's some individuals right now that you need to get in this altar right here and God's going to take away that taste in your mouth. My God, He's going to take away the lust in your heart. He's going to take away the jealousy. He's going to take away the anger you're dealing with. one more time but what I want to say this and I'm putting this mic down and we're going to have we're going to have a move of God right now some of you guys I before I leave this state I'm going to do everything I can to help you young people because I've been where you're at I know exactly what you're feeling right now you're looking around you lifted your hands you've done your due diligence Ahaz did the same thing he walked into that temple and he stood there at the altar while they went through the process And then he went home. 
and he already had it in his mind that he was done with it that he gave up on it you do not have to settle for where you're at right now you don't have to settle for where the devil has got you at right now the Lord wants to take you he wants to take your whole youth group he wants to take your youth pastor he wants to take your pastor and he wants to lift you into the clouds he wants to bring you into the glory my God I rebuke rejection right now in the name of Jesus I rebuke it in the name of Jesus I want you to lift your hands one more time and I want you to pour out pour out right now lay a sacrifice down get covered in blood if you have to Lord Jesus this sacrifice Lord I give it to you that's it that's it that's it right there oh he loves this sound he loves it let go of your past let go of your past God, my God, my God, my God. Jesus. Jesus. In the name of Jesus, can I get some ladies to lay their hands on this sister right here? I, as I'm standing up here, I see the Lord. It's like he's, he's, he's standing over you. And there's a shadow casted over you. But the, oh my God, the devil's tried his best to run you into the ground, to destroy you, to the legs out from under you. But you've got a protection over you. There's an anointing that's following you. In the name of Jesus, I pray right now, God, it's from the top of her head to the soles of her feet, Lord, that you would show her favor. Lord, that you would show her love right now. In the name of Jesus. That's it. That's it right there. Oh, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The Lord's performing a miracle for you, sis, for somebody that you're close to. I don't know what it is, what the situation is, but there's a miracle about to happen in your life around you. In the name of Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. This altar right here is still open. When I was a teenager, I remember sitting back. An altar call after altar call after altar call. I sat there and I was like, man, I wish this preacher would shut up so we can go eat and we can go have some fun. And I regret every moment that I neglected to be in the altar. That God could have delivered me instead of me having to keep on fighting and keep on struggling and keep on the addiction in my life. I wish I would have got in the altar when it was available. Don't neglect it tonight. This is your moment. This is your time right here. Jesus, you change. 
obey the Lord one more time. She's shy right now. She don't want anybody to look at her. Some of you parents in this place. The battle that you're fighting in your mind because you've got some children that that have lost their way. They're lost in this world right now. You need to give them to God tonight. A sacrifice will cost you something. It's a completely different story when I come to the altar. And I lay my child down for the Lord. And I say, Lord, this is yours. With everything in me, God, with all the love I have in my heart, as a daddy, I lay my child on this altar and I put them in your care. Because God, there's some things I can't do, but you are a God where nothing is impossible. And so right now, my five-year-old, I lay this child on this altar in the name of Jesus as my sacrifice. Lift your hands one more time. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Jesus. Jesus.
Hallelujah. If you're praying, you keep praying. The rest of us, will you just give the Lord a, a praise right now, however you want to, however you need to. Just shout with the voice of triumph. There is victory in this house. You're not the same young man that walked in this place. You're not the same young lady that rode that church van here. You're different. You crushed some of those new altars. You went back to that old altar. I'm so thankful. Thank you, Evangelist Brent Vincent. Thank you so much. Did you enjoy the ministry of Brother Brent Vincent? To his family, thank you so much. To his wife and his beautiful children, we love you guys. We honor you. We're so thankful to have you a part of the assemblies of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, I believe we stepped up a notch when we got them. And uh, we're thankful to have their ministry among us. To all of you young people, I'm so thankful to be a part of, of a generation that responds to the preached word of the Lord. You responded so beautifully tonight. You took, you, 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 you punched hell in the face tonight. And I'm so thankful uh, to be a part and be connected with each and every one of you. Thank you. So give yourself a hand clap tonight. Don't forget all the things that are going on in the Mississippi district. The Me Rally is coming up in April. Uh, the, your very own uh, Bishop Steve Wilson will be preaching that. We're excited about that. Don't forget uh, Camp Yada this year. Brother Zach Hammond will be preaching. Brother Josh Wilson will be preaching. Brother Simon King will be preaching. You don't want to miss that. Uh, it's going to be absolutely awesome. Make sure, matter of fact, registration is now available online you can go to www.campyada.com and go ahead and register make sure you get get to it quick i know this is going to be a record-breaking year people calling from all over the country that are planning to come and uh, it's going to be awesome so we want to see you there now brother austin you're gonna have to help me here if i mess something up but the afterburner is immediately after i dismiss here it is in the gymnasium. We encourage you to go be a part of that. Now, it costs $7 to get in. $7 to get in. You receive pizza, a drink, and you get to play basketball, volleyball, hang out with your friends, do whatever you like, and uh, it's going to be an awesome, awesome time. So make sure you do that. Thanks to all of the ministry, all of the pastors. To, thanks to our friends from Jonesboro, Arkansas. Man, we love you guys, and we're so thankful that you're a part of, part of this with us. God bless you. You are dismissed. Be careful going home. You're dismissed in the name of Jesus.